Today we ask the question, if the Federal Bureau of Investigation is investigating the people who are investigating Project Blue Book, who is investigating the FBI? And then we finish the week out by going to Muskego, Wisconsin and taking a quick detour. Ladies and gentlemen, hold on to your legs. We're headed to Haunchyville today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys have some fun plans for the weekend. We got a ton of stuff to cover, so we got to slide right into this coming into Dead Rabbit Command right now to the sound of triumphant trumpets. It's Ding Nugget. Everyone give a round of applause to Ding. He's walking in, doing a little bow. He's showing off. He's doing acrobatics. Ding, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, that's fine too. Just help spread the word about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. And also coming into Dead Rabbit Command, sneaking in through the back door, is today's creator of Fan Art Friday. Take a look at this awesome drawing. It's the little Dead Rabbit, official Dead Rabbit headphones. Wouldn't it be awesome to get these made with a little third eye on the top there this was created by just a simp everyone give a round of applause to just the simp really really appreciate this fan art friday do we normally applaud the fan art <laughs> you're like everyone else who did fan art they're like i didn't get an applause i don't know i'm in a good mood so you get applause too just the simp ding nugget i'm gonna go ahead and toss you the keys to the jason jalopy we are leaving behind dead rabbit command we are headed out to tuskegee alabama <laughs> Nugget is driving us down there. Just a simp is hiding in the trunk. He's going to be with us the whole way. As we're driving down to Alabama, I want to say this real quick. I'm not a conspiracy, I'm not a conspiracy theorist or anything, but I'm watching everything that's going on in Afghanistan. The Taliban is taking over the has taken over the country at this point. I find it oddly convenient that. We are now suing the companies, and we're winning these lawsuits against companies who made opioids for the past, I don't know, 20 years? And we're peddling opioids and having doctors overprescribe opioids for, I don't know, maybe the past 20 years? And it's just super convenient that now that they're not allowed to do that anymore, and these companies are being sued and they're being held liable, we no longer need the country that provided the most opium in the world. Like, Afghanistan exported something like two-thirds of the opium. And the Taliban... I'm, I am... Don't... Do not get me wrong. I'm not pro-Taliban. But one of the things they did previous to 2001 is they began burning all of the poppy fields. They said, you're not growing this drug anymore. And then, you know, 9-11 happened. And we went in. just happened to be the same country where we had all these poppy fields. And we've had a boom of opioid production this just say for the past 20 years and we've had a boom of opioid prescriptions in the united states and now these companies are being held liable and some of them may be facing financial charges some of them may be facing criminal charges and it's just so interesting that now we don't need them anymore we don't need them anymore so much that we've abandoned a bunch of people over there just gets the old noggin jogging, doesn't it? I, I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but the timing is really weird. And I always like to quote my good friend Garrick. I believe in coincidences. Coincidences happen all the time. I don't trust coincidences. There's a little food for thought for the weekend. Just an interesting 
thing going on. And I wish the people of Afghanistan the best. And I hope the ones that need to get out of there get out of there and get safely out of there. It's horrible images coming out of Afghanistan. But let's go ahead and continue on our journey. Again, we wish you guys all the best over there. Be safe. Be safe. Ding Nugget, go ahead and keep driving this Jason Jalopy. We're headed out to Tuskegee, Alabama. Now, that first one is a conspiracy theory of mine. This one is also a personal conspiracy theory of mine, one that I've held for a long time. This is one of the ones I've never really talked about on this show, but I came across some information recently that made me go, hmm, got my noggin jogging. That's my new catchphrase, right? I got to get that t-shirt made. Okay, so let's hit this one running, this Alabama story running, because I've recorded a version of it and it went on for like 26 minutes. So again, this is a weird personal conspiracy theory of mine, and these can tend to sprawl out like this intro is as well. One, there's a website called The Black Vault, and it's a really cool website. They file Freedom of Information Act requests with government entities like the FBI and get these documents and publish them on the internet. They have an entire section for paranormal stories, which is really cool. They're not like spooky creepypasta, but they're just FBI documents related to UFOs and the paranormal, psychic events and things like that. On this website, The Black Vault, they have a entry for Lieutenant Colonel Robert Friend. He led Project Blue Book, the government's official investigation into UFO phenomenon from 1958 to 1963. And he was an African-American man. So you have a black guy running this top secret group that's looking into, at the very least, technology from foreign adversaries that is far more advanced than ours, and at the very most, technology from out of this world, during a time of civil rights upheaval. He was also a decorated combat veteran of the Red Tails, a.k.a. the Tuskegee Airmen. It was a segregated group of fighter pilots during World War II. There's 922 fighter pilots that fought over Europe. Very, very decorated combat group. Shot down 112 enemy aircraft and 950 rail cars, trucks, and other motor vehicles, which sounds so fun, right? Like shooting another airplane would be super stressful, but you just see a train going by, chugga, 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 choo, choo, and you're like just dropping bombs on it. That's the little engine that can't <laughs> they have to come up with a good catchphrase every single time they blow something up but you have that you have the tuskegee airmen during world war ii lieutenant colonel robert friend was a part of that and then he went on to lead project blue book from 1958 to 1963 and he really wanted to open it up he wanted to investigate these things the person before him was more about debunking them but he wanted to see what these things really could be he didn't know he said, personally, I don't think it's possible for aliens to visit us. I think the distances are too vast. I really do. But let's figure out what these things are. But after five years, he couldn't get anything done. He was getting stymied. The bureaucracy above him was really pushing against them just to bunk it, get these files off the plate. The press is asking about these UFOs, these flying saucers. They don't exist. They don't exist. They don't exist. He, when he got transferred at the end of five years, he goes, "It's you just should just disband Project Blue Book. It's useless. We're not allowed to do anything. The person who came in after him is the person we all know, maybe not by name, but by reputation, Major Hector Quintanilla. He was the guy. It was his Project Blue Book that started the meme of, it's Venus. That UFO you saw flying around? Nah, it's just Venus. He was the one who, the fighter pilots were chasing after this UFO for a while. His report, it was Venus. 
swamp gas. When you have people see these, oh, it's just swamp gas, it's just Venus. These people are confused. These highly trained fighter pilots chasing these lights in the sky. It's just planets they're getting. That's the guy who they got to replace Lieutenant Colonel Robert Friend. Hardcore debunking. What's interesting is when you file a Freedom of Information Act for Robert, there's not a single FBI document on this guy. A guy who ran one of the most top-secret government groups at the time and was a black man during the Civil Rights era. And you have to imagine, the FBI's thinking, we need to know, is this guy sending out, like, pulse rifles to Malcolm X? Every single piece of paper the FBI obtained about Lieutenant Colonel Robert Friend has either been lost or destroyed. His FBI file is four pages long. It is explaining that there is no FBI file remaining on Lieutenant Colonel Robert Friend. Not that it didn't exist. Every document has been lost or destroyed. It's not the crime, it's the cover-up. That makes me more suspicious. If they released 30 pages on Robert Friend, I would have read three and gotten bored. Maybe on page four, it's like, and then we knew he was sending pulse rifles to Malcolm X. But the fact that there's none is, is ridiculous. Lost or destroyed. Now, again, government is very inefficient. So it's possible that they lost a bunch. It's possible that some are destroyed, but all of them. Ding nugget, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the carpenter copter. We are headed out to a much more lighthearted story. Take us out of here. We are headed out to Muskego, Wisconsin. <laughs> Ding Nugget is perfectly piloting this carbonate copter over to Muskego, Wisconsin. And I want you to land right there. We're 24 minutes outside of Milwaukee. And I want you to land the carbonate copter right there. We're near Mystic Drive. It seems to kind of be in the middle of nowhere. It's just like this old road and there's trees to one side and trees to the next and just like overgrown grass. And we're kind of tromping through this unused gravel road. And we begin to see houses. Civilization at last, I say. But then as we get closer to the houses, we notice something. The houses are tiny. Now, not like hipster type. I didn't even think about this. Not like hipster tiny houses. You're like, oh, perfect. I'm going to move in. I'm going to pay $2,000 a month for 300 square feet. No, not one of those. Tiny houses for tiny people. Like three feet tall people. Long ago, long, long ago in the same location. This, this legend's at least 60 years old. It goes pretty far back. We do a little fadeaway. And everything is all sepia toned and moves really quickly. Like an old-timey movie. 60 years ago would actually be like the 1950s. It wouldn't be that old. It would be like on the waterfront style. But anyways, it's black and white. And there's a circus in town. There's a guy juggling. There's a little, like, dude. There's a little dude just standing there. He's, he's not a really good entertainer. And then there's a lot of, like, little circus people. Elephants dancing. But the thing is, is, like, everything wasn't perfect at this circus. Unlike every other circus where no animals are treated badly and everything is drug-free. At this particular circus, the ringmaster was exceptionally cruel. He's whipping the little people. They're running around. They're like, ah, I need to find a new job somewhere. And he's like, never. No one will hire tiny people. And he's like, he's wearing them his shoes. He's putting his feet in their shirts and he's walking on them like slippers. He's like, squeak, slippers, squeak. 
He's an exceptionally cruel ringmaster. So one day the little people get together and they go, you know what we need to do? We need to murder him. <laughs> the guy's like, oh, I thought you were going to say unionize or move or just find another job. No, we need to murder the ringmaster and then maybe unionize. So they grab the ringmaster one night while he's sleeping in bed in his exceptionally cruel bed. It's made out of little people. His mattress is made out of their babies. They grab the ringmaster and they yank him out of bed. He's like, "What? What? how dare you little people finally rise up against the ultimate evil that I've wrought upon you? And they hold him down and they chop off his legs. And then they chop off his arms. He's like, okay, that's a little overdoing it. The leg thing was already brutal enough, but and after his arms and his legs are chopped off, they go, now you're little like us. And he's like, kind of, I mean, kind of. I'm also bleeding profusely from four limbs. And that's something that you're not doing. But then before he can keep explaining why he's still different, they hang him. Oh, oh. After that, they realize, wait a second, we just brutally murdered someone, our boss. Um, people are going to come to the circus tomorrow and wonder, hey, how come there's no ringmaster? How come there's just a bunch of blood everywhere in the circus? So all the little people from the circus run into the nearby woods and they go, okay, step one, we murdered this man. Step two, we ran away. Step three, build a civilization. People don't know that's how Egypt started as well. So they begin building these little houses and this town is known as Haunchyville. And so for the longest time, off of Mystic Drive, you could see these little houses. And this was the story. If you went to Haunchyville, the little people wouldn't like it. They would look at you and go, ah, it's another one of those biggins, eh? Sally, grab the knife. And then they would tackle you and chop your legs off. And then go, now you're just like us, young man. Now you're just like us. And you're like, no, I'm not. I'm bleeding out. I'm clearly dying. But then they would bandage your legs and they would make you live in the city with them. City might be a big word. <laughs> it's just a bunch of huts. But you would then have to learn to walk on your lumps, your luscious lady lumps. You'd have to learn how to be one of the hunchy citizens. And that is how they repopulate the society. Also, they're probably banging each other, right? They're having little tiny babies. So people would not want to go to Hanchiville, but at the same time, you're like, hey, wait, is this real? Is this like on a map I can find? You seem to be tell talking about this story as if it's incredibly authentic. Like, should I just avoid Wisconsin altogether? Well, probably. But is any of this real, dude? Hey, let me finish, and then, then we'll decide. It'll be like an episode of Beyond Belief. Later, one day, this little albino boy walked into Hanchiville. He goes, they treat me like a freak. Just because my pigmentation is all messed up and the citizens of Hunchyville are looking at this kid and they're sharpening their knives. Sling, sling, sling. And then someone goes, no, wait. Yes, he is one of the biggins. However, he is a freak like us. <laughs> the albino boy's like, what? I didn't think I was a freak. Oh, I'm so sad. I thought they didn't want to be my friend because I wasn't good at T-ball. No, you're a freak. The little people of Hunchyville go, tell you what, we will take you in. We'll take you into Hunchyville. He's like, I was just going for a walk. I didn't know I was joining. I didn't know I was joining a town. Well, you did. We'll make you a citizen of Hunchyville, and you'll be one of the good biggins. So over time, the word spread that Hunchyville became protected by a man known as the Protector. 
kind of a lame name, but he did have a shotgun. So I don't really think you could argue about his lame name. So the story was, is that if you visited Haunchyville, they chopped off your legs and you had to stay there and become a resident of Haunchyville. But then eventually they got overpopulation. They needed some border control. They got this albino kid named the protector and he would stand near Haunchyville with a shotgun to scare off anyone who came by. Interesting urban legend. So don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. If you're driving through Wisconsin right now as you're listening to this podcast, you're like, oh my God, you see a sign that says Mystic Drive. You're like, ah. It also was one of the few urban legends that has a song, has a song attached to it. We need more of these. We need a lot more of these. Bigfoot's walking through the woods. He's eight feet tall and up to no good. Stuff like that. But better, better than that. Dude, check this out. There should be one of these for everything. Vampires going to suck your blood. You know, stuff like that. It's so awesome. Bury your body in the mud. Here's this rhyme. Disrupt our peace will cut off... <laughs> it's so funny. This one cuts to the chase, right? This one really just... This one really just gets going. This one gets going. Because mine took a while. You're like, what's Bigfoot gonna do? He's he's mad and he's eight feet tall. Disrupt our peace will cut off your feet. <laughs> like, I mean, it, goes, it lets you know straight up. Do not come to their neighborhood. Right? I don't even think most rap songs start off that aggressive. Disrupt our peace will cut off your feet to teach you a lesson and remain discreet. Count your blessings should you dodge a kill. But never come back to Haunchyville. Dude, come on. That's dope. That is awesome. I love it how they'll cut off your feet to remain discreet. They're like, why, why do all these people keep missing whenever they go down Mystic Drive? It's really not discretion when you're constantly mutilating people. But is there any truth behind the story of Haunchyville? On Reddit, I found this guy named W. Jescott, and he lives in Wisconsin. And he started going through the book. I think it was Weird Wisconsin or something like that. And he was going through it entry by entry. We, you know, we always love people like this who are just really exploring the paranormal. I know a lot of you guys do it as well. You get in your car and driving out there. He starts going through all the stuff. I think it was in Weird Wisconsin or Haunted Wisconsin. And he began asking people in Muskego, hey, do you guys know about Haunchyville? And they said, yeah, yeah, we know about Haunchyville. He gets super scared. He gets super scared. They go, no, 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 no. It's a Milwaukee thing, actually. It does take place in this town. But in Milwaukee, they say that we're so dumb. We're a bunch of bumpkins out here. 23 minutes away, we're the country folk. That we probably have a bunch of little people running around chopping people's legs off. So don't listen to it. It's big city talk. But that doesn't stop it from becoming, we talk about this all the time on the show, becoming a place to prove your bravery. To take your girl and being like, hey, Betty, you know what this weekend we're going to do? We're going to get our legs chopped off by a bunch of tiny people. Oh, Billy, you're so brave. You go out there and be like, dude, I'm not scared of those little dudes. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to drop kick them all. Come on, Tyler. You hang out on Mystic Drive. You're looking through the dark and then you go home. You know, we all did that in high school and college and stuff like that. Just a kind of a... A test of courage. So you have a lot of that. You actually have so much of that that the police have had to go on the record multiple times. Say, don't. There's nothing out there. And not only is there nothing out there, we're going to trespass you. It's like a $300 ticket. Because while this used to be an abandoned area, they're starting to have that urban sprawl. Like we talked about on yesterday's episode, they're starting to build a lot of houses out there. And we're seeing the entire area where Haunchyville supposedly exists disappear. Matt Wild of a website called the Milwaukee Record. 
visited the site twice, and he gives us a really good idea of the sprawl that's going on. When he visited in 2010, because he was exploring this mystery, he found the gravel road, and sure enough, these photos are all over the internet, there are photos of tiny houses, tiny little huts out in the forest. I don't believe these photos are faked by Matt Wilde. I think they're authentic. What the house is, though, who knows? Was it was it part of a circus sideshow? Was it an old experiment building? Some guy, some construction guy was building a house, and he goes, how about I take these leftover materials and make a tiny house? It's just like this old, tiny hut. And he goes, they are out there. So whether it's like from an abandoned fairground or it used to be a children's playground or a children's fort, who knows? But there definitely were tiny houses out there. Huts out there would probably be a better word. A series of huts. But in 2010, they were starting to crumble away. In 2015, the entire area had been developed. Houses, normal-sized houses had been built in the area. Haunchyville is dead. But I'm sure people still go out there. They're probably sneaking around people's backyards, crawling over fences, trying to find the little people. And it's they're just they're just trespassers. It's just burglars at this point, breaking into people's houses. They're like, maybe they're in the safe. Maybe the little people are hiding in the safe with all the money and jewels. What's the combination? But what I find fascinating about this story, other than the fact, <laughs> the fact that it rhymes, and we need more paranormal stories that rhyme, I love the fact that this story connects so... And I actually don't like these characters in paranormal lore, but I gotta give credit where credit's due. This story connects so closely to the legend of the Fae. So fairies, gnomes, dwarves, stuff like that. In the sense that it's an insular community in the wildlands, in the forest, that they're tiny, they're tiny people, and if you interfere with them, you become one of them. Which is very, very common in fae folklore. If you go to, and you go in the middle of the forest and you see a fairy circle or fairy ring, and you go into it, there's a pretty high likelihood you're going to become a fairy or get trapped in the fairy realm. So it's just interesting to me how the fables coincide. It is quite possible that it is a Milwaukee thing they made up to make fun of the people in this small town. I know when I moved up to this town, I found out that the town next to me, there was an urban legend that they smoked duct tape to get high. They're so dumb. They smoked duct tape to get high and you had to be 18 years old to buy duct tape. And then when I went to that city, I asked, hey, is it true you guys smoke duct tape? Because I will ask that question. And they said, no. That's Doofer. Doofer's the city farther east than them. Doofer does it. We don't smoke duct tape Doofer. So that urban legend does continue. It's just the dumber town next to you. So it probably is a Milwaukee thing. I just also find it fascinating that it's so closely related to the Fey folk. So it's almost like a grain of truth in it. And the houses were there. There were these tiny little huts. But no one can say when they were built or who built them. I think it's possible that at some point there were some people living out there. It could have been a child's playground or a child's fort and things like that, but it's possible that maybe a long time ago there were some people hanging out there. By 2010, they were in pretty bad shape. They were crumbling down, and now they've been torn torn down as far as we can tell. But So there could be a little bit of truth to this legend. I don't think they were chopping off people's legs and making them be little people. That's a little insane. No pun intended. But... Still be a little cautious when you're driving through Wisconsin. You never know what you're going to see. You could just be on a trip to Milwaukee, 
I don't know. I don't know why you would ever go to Milwaukee. Maybe you owe someone money and they're making you pay it in the city that no one wants to go to. But you're headed out to Milwaukee and then you see like a little gravel path off the road and you go, okay, I know this drug dealer has my family hostage, but let's see what's down this gravel road. It's not going to hurt them to wait another half hour. So you turn the car and you're driving down this gravel road. You're like, I really don't want to go to Milwaukee. So you're driving down this gravel road and you see an albino with a shotgun and you're like, that's weird. And you see a little series of houses in the woods. Would you get out? <laughs> like, Jason, just stop. No, I would not get out of my car. But would you? Like, would you really? Would you Would you be like, hmm, this is interesting. A tiny house, a series of tiny houses in the middle of nowhere. What's What's the harm? <laughs> Jason, there's a guy with a shotgun. He just said there was an albino with a shotgun. I just passed him. What do you mean? What's the What's he? He's standing out there for some sort of nefarious reason. And and you get out of your car and you see a bunch of little people walking around in the dark. And and I think your first inclination would be like, these guys are harmless, right? They're walking around at three in the morning. <laughs> They're brandishing knives. But look at their clothes. They're wearing homemade clothes. They look like tiny Amish people because they can't go to the store because there's a bunch of wanted posters for them. So you're walking around. And you're like, hey, dudes, what's up? High five. And they can't jump up. And then they chop your legs off. Ah! But see, here's my thing. This is where I'm going with this. I'm dragging out this ending. This is what I would do if I got my legs chopped off in Hunchyville. I would just become mayor. I would be like, okay, guys, I'm one of you now. I have my legs have been chopped off. I'm wearing these shoes on my knees. And a couple months have gone by, so it doesn't hurt so much to walk around on my bloody stumps. But I still got these giant long arms, right? They're tiny people. They don't have long arms. So I would just take over by a show of force. And I would be like, be like, get out of the way, pushing over the mayor. And I'm like, I'm the mayor now. And if you have anything to say about it, let's arm wrestle. And they're like, oh man, we shouldn't have chopped off these people's legs. And then. I would go, you know what the problem is with Haunchyville? We're not chopping off enough legs. And they're like, what? They're having a little meaning. Uh, the little voices in the thing. I go, we need to expand Haunchyville. Because look at those houses they built up over Mystic Drive. They pushed us out into the woods. Now, I may not have been born Haunchyville. But I've become Haunchyville. 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 And we're chanting Haunchyville. Haunchyville. And then... We begin to march on the city of Milwaukee. Uh, I don't know why we're zombies all of a sudden. That's our battle cry. Uh, I'm leading a charge of little people on the city of Milwaukee. And we'll just go into the bottom floor of a apartment complex. We chop everyone's legs off. And then we ding, take the elevator up. And then we chop their legs off. And let's say it's like a 10-floor apartment complex. By the time we get to the top, we go back down. The people at the bottom, we already put shoes. We already put shoes on their stumps. They're residents of Haunchyville now. We've already read them the town charter and be like, guys, you're Haunchyville now. So let's just continue to move through the city and just make more of us. So I, I would say it would probably take us maybe a couple days to convert Milwaukee into Haunchyville too. You're like, Jason, I don't think you can walk across. I don't think you can walk across Milwaukee in that period of time, let alone with shoes on your knees. But we do it through grit and strength. And eventually we hoist the Haunchyville flag over Milwaukee. And we proudly sing our Haunchyville anthem. And it echoes through the city and everyone's Haunchyville now. And then as mayor of two towns, really a state at this point, I'm standing in front of the Haunchyville flag. It's just the symbol of a giant butcher knife. And I'm standing there very, very proud. And I look out onto the landscape of the United States and I go, 
You're next. <laughs> I just realized I hope the FBI's not listening to this episode. They're like, wait a second. Did you just in the same episode, did you just say that the Taliban the Taliban the Taliban was basically against the pharmaceutical industry? The FBI is purposely destroying documents. And you want to conquer the United States. Hypothetically speaking, law, law enforcement, I'm standing on the top of the tallest building in Milwaukee, and I'm standing and I'm looking across the American plains, and I go, you're next. You're next. We're going to bring Haunchyvilleism to the rest of the country, and then the world. They say you don't understand a man until you walk a mile in his shoes. But what about walking a mile in his shoes when the shoes... <laughs> are on your knees. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. <laughs>